and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. I'm Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture, and with me as always, Mike Montgomery from Modern Builds. Hey everybody, happy to be here. And Ben Ueda from Homemade Modern. Hi guys, good to be back. It's good to have you. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> to California it's actually, too. It, yeah, the, it's kind of nice missing a show because then I have like something to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure, yeah. You can listen to it with fresh ears. Exactly. Instead of being like just critiquing yourself when you listen to it or whatever. Yeah, Do you guys, guys listen good. to it? Um, I listen back on the edit. So usually, usually I don't. The sound of my voice also grow, grows tired to me. Wanes on you? A little bit. I only really listen to it when I don't remember uh, talking. Like if I had a few drinks or uh, <laughs> was just like really tired and don't really remember what I said. And then I was like, wait, did I talk about it? So some, Or if I want to talk about something I can't remember if I brought it up the week before. So uh, not... Not the best uh, short-term memory, so sometimes I'll listen to it just to, to refresh what I talked about the previous week. Yeah, it's kind of funny because sometimes it's actually hard to remember what you're talking about when you're in the moment. You have to listen back and be like, that's what that's what the topic was? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, today is Thursday, November 9th, otherwise known as National Chaos Never Dies Day. It's a little bit of a weird one. It was slim pickings again. So I looked up what this one meant because it sounded kind of dumb, but it says, this made up holiday encourages people to realize that chaos is a part of life that will never die. So instead of getting hassled by it, just take a deep breath and let go of things that create chaos in your life on this day. What do you think? That's really not a bad one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Sounds dumb at first, but it's it's an okay day. They could have called it like National Zen Day. Yeah, but they went for the more popular chaos never dies day it sounds like a james bond movie embrace it embrace the chaos (laughs) yes basically it's the world sucks kids get used to it deal with it (laughs) move on make a podcast yeah Yeah. all right what are you guys working on catch us up what have you been working on um i've been traveling a lot uh so i've had a few conferences uh i'm currently in san francisco and i'm meeting with uh dwell and autodesk while i'm here um, possibly a little YouTube meeting as well. And uh, yeah, working on some ideas for a new video series on some software tutorials for Autodesk Fusion. Uh, basically, I want to do more sort of digital fabrication stuff. And uh, so been partnering more with them and figuring out how to, how to do sort of uh, software tutorials in sort of a different way than what mm-hmm. they currently do. So there's so much sort of screen share that sort of you're watching you're sort of following along as somebody that really knows the software is doing it. And that's great. And I think I'll do some of that. But I also want to talk a little bit about the concept and approach and strategy for approaching 3D modeling before you just start clicking on commands. So uh, heading down to Pier 9 in uh, San Francisco, uh, to that sort of makerspace to, to shoot some video. We're recording on a Tuesday. I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. By the, the time this airs, you'll probably see some stuff on my Instagram about it. Yeah, also just been looking at property. So uh, definitely trying to figure out uh, the tiny house project that I want to do in 2018 and just been looking at different property, talking to a lot of different city planning boards in different locations, and sort of figuring out what's the best option for for what will be my my biggest video series to date. Awesome! You also put out that a uh, storage like shelving unit video. Oh, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. So that was another. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing what you can do with that. You know, that thirty dollar a sheet sanded <laughs> pine plywood. Like, yeah. uh, I as of right now, I really like the kind of heavy grain, the sort of thicker laminations of the ply, 
and at like 30 to 35 bucks a sheet, it's it's so versatile. And I also got the new Ryobi uh, brushless circular saw. So it's a, it's a really exciting time in power tools because the, the motors are getting better on the brushless side and then the batteries are getting better uh, on the lithium side. I, I remember like three or four years ago, like, you know, battery powered circular saws weren't they were good in a pinch, but you couldn't really plow through a whole bunch of three-quarter inch thick plywood. And now it's just so easy. So this is their biggest uh, circular saw to date. It's a full seven and a quarter inch uh, blade. Wow. And you put an extra life battery in that with the brushless motor. It's just, it, it there's very little drop off from a corded one, um, which is which is pretty insane. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like five or 10 years from now when, when everything's just, I mean, it, it's, very conceivable that there'll be like a contractor table saws that are that are have you know two two or so batteries to just plug right into them. So yeah, whipped up that uh, that plywood shelving uh, unit and uh, yeah, it came out it came out great. Uh, and it was about one and a half sheets of plywood, so about you know fifty five to sixty dollars of material, some finished screws, and it was interesting because you know I, I thought that. The, the sort of obvious thing that could have been done to it is to sort of drill holes and put in wood pegs so it's adjustable and modular. Yeah. And I sort of went back and forth. And, and I think, you know, that, that was definitely, you know, one of the things, a lot of the things people brought up in the comments. But my thought is like, first of all, I find it like when people have adjustable systems, they hardly ever adjust them. <laughs> right. You set it up once to how you like it, then you yeah. then you leave it. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking like, if you have a drill, it's really not that hard just to take out some finished <laughs> screws and put put a few more back in uh, versus like drilling all those holes because you're going to see all the holes that you drilled that you're not using yeah. all the time. And where there's to, only a, or go ahead, sorry. Yeah, there's only, a, there's only a slight chance that you might really be moving it that much. So it, it, I sort of elected to sort of keep it simple and uh, uh, it's still adjustable. It's just... There isn't like incremental predetermined adjustability. Hey, right. and in a way, it's even more adjustable because you don't have those every three right. inches. You can if go you between need, those three inches. You need to pegs. move it an eighth of an inch. You can't. Yeah. So, boom. Infinitely adjustable. Hey, yeah. back to one question. So back to the Autodesk thing. So if you were to do that, would those be videos that go on your channel or things that you would be producing for them? Uh, I think it'll be things that, that go on my channel. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to do a lot of them. I, w- I want to show 3D modeling as sort of a as as another type of tool, right? Uh, rather than this whole other project category. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to come up with a couple projects that uh, will really take advantage of it. So it's not just a way to visualize it. So one of the things that we're working on, and I don't know if this is possible, so maybe we'll do it, maybe we don't. Is I want to take like uh, my plywood table, and Fusion has the ability to be parametric. Um, so one of the things I'm talking with tomorrow is like, how do we take that plywood table project and remodel it in fusion and then make it so that you could, but simply change, you you could type in or stretch the table. So let's say you want it to be a, a eight foot long table versus a six foot long table versus a four foot long table. Mm -hmm. And just by changing the length of the table, it would automatically update the cut sheets for how to cut it out. Mm. So that's that's really what's interesting about 3D modeling. It's not just building one set of digital Legos and it shows you what it is. You can make things parametric so that if you change one thing, it changes everything else about it. So what's exciting about that for what we do 
is let's say uh chris you take you know you did this with your uh your plywood shop table Mm -hmm. you could publish a model in fusion that people could then access and they could just grab the table and stretch one dimension and it automatically updates all their shut their cut lists and uh pieces uh, uh dimensionally yeah, so you really only cool. so you only have to design one piece of furniture to create solutions of all different sizes heights and stuff like that so someone could just or they could go in and say oh my my table saw is a little bit lower so they could enter that height and it automatically gives them cut uh, a list of parts that are all scaled accordingly and all laid out onto a piece of wood that's um, pretty cool so i mean you can also imagine what that means for cncs and stuff like that so it's it's something that most people in our community aren't really taking advantage of. We're, we're, a lot of us are using digital modeling for CNC projects, for 3D printing projects. But the parametric and the sort of information modeling part is the part that's sort of missing. So that's one thing I'll be investigating. And then the other thing is really trying to focus on more complex geometry. And how do you go about uh, taking a simple material... Uh, I think I'm going to be experimenting with stone or, or marble tile. And how do you take a material that's common and inexpensive, but use 3D modeling and digital fabrication to make something that's anything but that? Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it should be an interesting thing. Don't really know where it's going or have a set yeah. timeline for it. But I do know that it, it's also I've been thinking more about people sort of saying, uh, you know, this idea of accessibility and some people have been complaining, you know, because I do some CNC projects or stuff like that. And I got a little salty the other day and kind of went off on, uh, on them a little <laughs> bit, as, as I do from time to time. Um, but then I was thinking, wait, uh, the software is free. Like, any, you can go download Fusion for free. And if you're not using it for professional purposes, you can get really good at a really valuable piece of software that can create all sorts of job opportunities. So I'm like, let me focus more on the parts that's free and less on the tools that aren't. Um, And from like a job training standpoint, if you're a teenager, if you're a high school kid out there, like, you know, forget, you know, video games, get really good at 3d modeling. It's going to create so many career and job opportunities for you. Or if you're someone that's like thinking about a career uh, switch, get really good at 3d modeling, download the software free, spend two hours, uh, you know, two or three times a week uh, working on it and you'll get good pretty quick. So, Excited for that because it is it is a powerful tool that's completely available to anyone. Nice. As long as they have Wi-Fi to download it. There you go. And a computer. Let's yeah. Make sure, you got to have electricity. Jeez, Let's just go through this, this checklist. so unaccessible, Chris. Hands. Hands. <laughs> Gonna have no, to... you could probably do voice control. Okay, fine. Yeah, probably. Right. Hands optional. All, All right, right so, Chris, what are you working on? Uh, let's see. I got the plywood platform bed that I made with Johnny Brook coming out yesterday i guess so i'm excited to see that one me too high hopes for it so you never know but if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet hit pause go watch it go watch mine and johnny's and then resume the podcast hopefully you enjoyed that (laughs) and then other than that this past weekend i started building i guess you'd call it a hall table is that a piece of furniture basically like a little skinny table that goes at the end of a hallway yeah Mm -hmm. okay so i started building one of those we have an existing one and it's getting to the point where I feel like I have to replace all of the furniture in my house just because when people come over, like, did you build that? Did you build that? Did you build that? And so I just want to be able to say, built it all. I built so, everything in here. Yeah. You don't have to ask anymore. That's right. That blender, <laughs> that was all me. Um, so yeah, someday, hopefully I'll get there. But um, no, it's been a... So what I did with this one was I wanted to kind of go 
back to basics a little bit. And I think part of it might be in reaction to the past three videos that I've worked on and edited have been the two videos that I did for Dwell and then the plywood platform bed. And all of them were that kind of like, basically like a hyperlapse style of video, just because that's what they lent themselves to. Mm -hmm. So this project is a lot more detail oriented. So I kind of wanted to go back to like what I started off doing. So I've been like way overshooting it, been really spending more time than I normally would on all the little details of things and just trying to kind of enjoy the build and I don't know, just get back to it, just to do something different than I've been doing the past couple months, it feels like. So yeah, I've been working on that. Um, I would say I'll probably finish it up this weekend with any luck and then have that out in the not too distant future. Um, other than that, just still working, thinking about different ideas for chair designs. Those are always, those are always way tougher than anything else, man. Like I've probably drawn out like five <laughs> different ideas and like, I really just am not in love with anything yet. So I don't know. I might put it on the back burner and just keep working on it. And maybe it'll be this year. Maybe it'll be next year, early next year, hopefully when I get a video out, but I'm just waiting until I like really fall in love with something to be like, yes, now I'm excited. And now I'm going to like go nuts on this thing. But until that happens, just kind of plugging away at it. Yeah. What about you, Mike? What are you working on? This week, I am putting out the entryway tape or the entryway remodel that I've been talking oh, yeah. about for a couple of weeks now. That video should be up Thursday or Friday, depending on how soon I can get approval from the sponsor. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really happy with how it came out. Super fun, super cool build. Uh, on to the next entry. Or the, wow, sorry, my cat got in here. Get out of here. Get a cat. Guest. It's our guest. I'm at, my, I'm at my parents' house. They have a. They have three cats. Uh, but yeah, so I'm looking for what the next room remodel is going to be. I'm debating between doing another bathroom, which is cool. The last bathroom did really well. I have another bathroom totally available to do or to do a garage conversion into a gym. Mm. So both have very exciting uh, plus and minuses to them. I think the bathroom is a little bit more of a bigger potential audience um, and just more people that might potentially see it. But the home gym is cool for one. I'll have a home gym that I can use. And for two, it'll give me a couple other projects within that. So I want to build a big steel, like, what do you call those? They're like squat rack, bench, cages. Basically, it's like four legs. Yeah. It's got everything on it, like a squat rack, a bench, Places to do pull ups, steel or yeah. So four I would, by fours or yeah. So I'd probably build it out of steel. I mean, I guess now that now that you say that, you could probably build it out of four by four, you know, lumber, um, which could be cool and accessible. But I don't know. I'll probably take on take it on as a steel project and try and get better at welding. Uh, I haven't yeah. done a project that I've welded since the fire pit, so that'll be a cool one. Uh, but just you know, do the whole floor in in that thick rubber padding paint the walls mm -hmm. up, get some lockers, get all kinds of stuff going on to where it's really, really cool. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, aside from that, I got a couple small projects on the way. Uh, I want to do a video. So I'm sure you guys have seen them. They're all over. They're especially all over Pinterest, all over the internet, really. Just some cool plant stands that you put a big, whether it's ceramic pot or whatever, but I want to build. Mm -hmm. Hello, cat. <laughs> that cat, man. <laughs> I want to do a video of the title would be somewhere along the lines of five cool DIY wooden plant stands, something like that to where mm. instead of just doing one, cause my whole, my whole view on it is it's a pretty simple project. And the whole idea is I'm, you know, you want to add value somehow and just doing one plant stand is a little bit of a cop out for a video in my head. It's not a lot of substance. 
So I thought if I could do five distinctly different ones, maybe uh, like three of them out of wood, maybe one using copper pipe and another one using steel, something like that, where I'm using a bunch of different materials and putting together, putting them together in different ways could be a lot of fun. Plus, I've got the idea and I figured out how I can make a really cool concrete planter that's round. And uh, so I'm excited to try that out. So hopefully that's what I'm working on and kind of experimenting with going in later into this week and into the weekend. Nice. Yeah. Should we hop into our topic? Oh, real quick, before we do that, everybody yes. go watch my steel-based candle video. Don't post on Sundays, I think. I, I that's, all, that's what I'm attributing it to because the video flopped. I don't know if it was oh, really? just because... Yes, terribly. Um, not to sound ungrateful for the amount of views that it has, but I was definitely expecting more and I normally do get more. So if you guys hated that video, let me know. Or if it was one of those things where you didn't watch it because you're like, I don't want you get, I don't want you to make that kind of stuff. Let me know. Cause I was surprised at, uh, the lack of views. Actually, that brings up a question. Okay. So, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but how did the scooter thing end up doing? Oh, I, I knew the video wasn't going to get many right. views. And I, and I guess for the sake of transparency, um, talking to the, the marketing agency that formulated all of this, I told them mm-hmm. that I would really rather, instead of do this whole scooter thing, I would much rather just incorporate VHB tape into a couple of projects right. for the same amount of money. And I can guarantee you it'll be much more relatable because it's actually showing a useful uh, mm-hmm. application for the product. But it's also a video that's going to get more views. You know, there I can yeah. I can make a video that's going to get some views based on search terms that my subscribers will probably just generally click on more. But they were interested in doing the scooter thing, so if that's what they wanted, that's what they got. But yeah, the video I think it said about fifteen thousand views. And oh wow! Yeah, yeah. For the first couple of days, I usually expect about fifty to sixty, seventy-five thousand. So I can't say I didn't is. say so. You know. Right. So, but yeah. Did you uh, get any cool feedback from people for what you uh, could use yeah. it for for a project? Yeah, something that was just stupid simple, and re- whether I use it in in like my house or just in the shop, but floating shelves. Mm-hmm. This stuff is so stupid strong. You could just make a floating shelf by you know, making a shelf and then just putting a couple layers of that tape on the back. And I guarantee you it would hold just about anything you wanted. Um, Like like using it like double stick? Yeah, it's just a double-sided tape. So you could just tape it on the wall. And then what's really cool about it is if you use a heat gun, uh, it comes off off and doesn't leave residue. So a lot of people that are sign makers use this tape because of how strong it is and how weather resistant it is. But what they like about it or what people have told me they really like about it is if they're making this complex sign and they put this letter in the wrong spot, they can raise it, move it, and there's no sign that it was ever there. So I'm still I'm still thinking of how I can use it for sure, but I got a lot of cool feedbacks in the comments. So check those that, out. That's funny because when I so when I did the one legged table, I yeah. when I was doing my finish shots, I didn't want to tear up my wall by like actually installing it. Right. So I was like, Oh, I'll just use some double stick tape. So I put it on, get all my shots. You know, I really didn't need any holding power. I just needed enough for it to not like tip or fall yeah, away just from to the wall. Stay still. Was, the leg is supporting it, right? So then I, I go to take it off, and of course I rip out a huge chunk of my drywall and oh, I had to patch no. it all up and repaint. <laughs> and I was like, I might as well have just drilled into the wall. I would have made less of a mess doing that. But heat, yeah, heat. Didn't yeah, think about I, heat. I have to redo. I just redid my my wall that I always photograph against because it was it was looking a little Swiss cheesy. It yeah. was uh, 
definitely had so many pock marks that were i was like wow i'm spending a little too much time photoshopping out all of the holes in it so yeah uh, for sure photoshop in real life by just getting some spackle yeah so you did some spackle and some paint and cleaned it all up and then i put holes in it all over again with the shelf nice yeah it's just gonna be like a year that should be every first of january we all just repair our photo wall <laughs> should be national oh, photo sure. wall repair day yeah. All right. Oh, you know what? Before we jump into our topic, one thing that I wanted to bring up. So we've been thinking about, you know, we've been doing the podcast for a while now, been thinking about different ways that we might actually uh, stop losing money on it, which <laughs> is what we're doing right now. <laughs> so of course, one of the thoughts we had is Patreon. Right. Uh, you guys know I'm a big proponent of Patreon on my YouTube channel. So it's one thing that we're thinking about with the website. So what we were thinking about doing is putting up a survey. Um, and we'll put it, we'll link to it on our um, Instagram account and we'll put a link to it on our modernmakerpodcast.com. And what's the URL going to be, Mike? Uh, if you just go to modernmakerpodcast.com forward slash survey, you'll get there. Yeah. So basically it'll have a few questions in there. What we want to see is, you know, one, would that be something that you'd be interested in supporting? Right. Um, and then also what kinds of things would you be looking for? So Again, there'll be more details when you go look at the actual survey. So if that's something that you think you would be willing to do, just go give it a look and take a couple seconds to answer the questions and we'll figure out what we want to do from there. Right. Because there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. You know, you look at mm -hmm. the like Wood Talk, they they did the whole weekend show kind of thing. You look at a podcast like Making It, they do the after show. And one thing that's cool about doing this before we launch a Patreon is that we can actually figure out what you guys value. So if a weekend show was something that you guys really enjoyed before we took it away, um, maybe that's something we could add. Or if you guys are interested in maybe like some kind of after show or maybe something even totally different, if you have ideas, right. let us know. Um, something because, that nobody's doing right now. Right, because I think that's the big part is we want the Patreon to be giving something that you guys want. Um, I know a lot of people just want to support and that's awesome, but if we can make it a two-way deal and everybody's benefiting, that's that's base, best case scenario for sure. Exactly. Cool. All right, let's hop into it. What's hop our topic in. for the week? <laughs> brainstorming. So last okay. week, last week I pigeonholed us into committing to the brainstorming episode. So I'm excited mm -hmm. about it. Um, I get. I guess. What to, have we prepared? To, I was about to say to forward this conversation. We have purposefully prepared nothing. We want this to that's be right. as like natural and spontaneous as possible. Um, oh, that's how I always do things. Ex well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the Benueta approach. Exactly. So, I mean, everybody has to start from somewhere, right? And most of the time you start with uh, a blank canvas, whether that's idea wise or like sketch wise. So where's our jumping off point? What do you guys think? Is it is it a certain material? Is it a project type? You know, like a certain well, type of furniture or what do you think? I can start with like a like a series of 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 sort of evolutions. Um that have been happening with my sort of team. Yeah. And I think that could be a good, a good starting point. Let's hear it. So, uh, Jamie, who's, uh, producing, uh, content, uh, for homemade modern now, mm -hmm. um, you know, she's still just right out of design school. So she's still sort of, uh, you know, f finding her way in sort of designing new projects. And I'm, I'm mostly sort of hands off, you know, uh, with her sort of videos that go up on my YouTube channel. Basically we'll sit down and, uh, she'll say, right, here's some ideas, and I'll say, okay. She'll sketch out a few, and uh, we'll sort of, you know, go from there. But I think one of the interesting things about brainstorming, and again, 
I tend to think that people focus on the storming part. <laughs> and uh, I think the more most important part of brainstorming is idea collection, right. right? So the idea that you create this sort of flurry of creative activity, that's great, but you got to collect the ideas and then focus filter it. out the bad ones from the good ones. And that's the only way that you'll actually get actionable ideas out of a brainstorming session. Yeah. So one of the ways this has happened recently is if, if you look at her Instagram, um, and I think there's links to it on my Instagram, uh, but it's just uh, uh, jamie.guan, uh, G-U-A-N. She did a here, – here's a good example of how like uh, a series of projects can sort of develop. Right. So she did a storage bench, which was like an idea that she sort of pitched to me and – uh, it was very simple. It was the idea, sort of like a bench or a coffee table that could also be storage. It was basically like and a I two said, by oh, four well, kind of box with a with a leather yep. lid, right? Simple as it gets, but looks pretty clean. Yeah. And I said, "Well, why don't you?" Because if it was just a two by four chest, which was her original idea, I'm like, "That's that's almost a little bit too simple. Mm-hmm. That's almost in like the sort of modern picnic table realm." Um, shout out to Mike. Uh, <laughs> Go watch that video uh, too. It flops. <laughs> <laughs> all Mike's flop. Mike's worst. Uh, not all of them. Not all of them. So I said, "Why don't you experiment figuring out a way to do sort of a a padded leather cushion for the top?" Yeah. So she figured out a way, and and it came out real clean. Like the the leather folds look really nice and uh, and neat. And then from there, we're like, huh, that's kind of a cool technique. That that you know, just figuring that out. And so that led to her <coughs> most recent project, which is a leather daybed, where she basically took the technique that she learned from that, and then made a really nice daybed. And then we're like, oh, this needs a little round cushion. Oh, and so yeah. she took a foam roller and then figured out how to. Uh, you know, uh, make a leather case for a foam roller. And it looks really high end, it but it's really just Kaizen foam, a $3 foam roller from Amazon, some hairpin legs, and some scrap plywood. And what we're doing is we're sort of starting with an idea. In this case, it was a chest, totally unrelated. And then we said, oh, well, let's take advantage of this project and experiment with something new, figure out how to make a leather padded top. And then we took what we learned from there and then turned that into its own piece by itself. And then we said, this piece needs an accessory. So we experimented with something else. And then we ended up with this other project. And then now we looked at that project and we're like, huh, we could take this same technique and then develop a whole different style, much more modern leather sofa where it's the, the cushions and the structure are all integrated. Um, mm-hmm. So it's sort of chaining together ideas pulling out the parts that you sort of learn from or that are or that are valuable new pieces of knowledge that you gained and then building new projects around those. So we never sat down and wrote down 100 ideas. What we did is we looked at the idea that we were doing next and we looked at ways to add innovation to it and then we turned that innovation into a new series of projects. So this is what I would sort of describe as that sort of chaining together ideas and sort of collecting ideas as you do a project for that. And for me, you know, people always say, you know, how do, how do you get all the ideas? And I said, well, I just stay busy. Right. Because as soon as you do a project, you can pull out ideas from that and then split them into into other uh, ideas. You know, very much like how in like husbandry or like, you know, uh, some types of gardening, well, they'll grow a plant, they'll cut it in half, and then they'll grow more plants out of those halves of plants and just keep growing and growing and growing. You know, actually, on it's kind of similar to that, but... 
Whenever I'm working on different designs, I kind of think the same way in terms of aesthetics. So basically any new original design that I'm working on. So let's just use the bad layer, the trapezoidal thing for an example. That's a, you know, like a media console or a credenza, but you can easily extrapolate that into like a whole different line. You could do a coffee table version, a side table version, like a bigger bookshelf version, all using right. those same aesthetic principles and just, you know, translating it into adding different functionality, different dimensions. And so that's something that we've been kind of talking about with that whole, um, the furniture company that I've been working with that, yeah, you right. know, hopefully at some point we'll be selling some stuff, uh, <laughs> is so the, the idea just to kind of talk about that a little bit is that when we do launch it, it's not for sure yet, but the idea is that we'll do it with three pieces. Okay. And so we've been talking about what makes more sense to just do three pieces that are just three cool pieces, but are not necessarily interconnected other than that they're all from me. No way. Man. So, you, you know, they'll do, have that. You got to do a series. You got to make it a, a collection. Well, that's the thing. So, so we need a, because of the way that this works is, you know, we need a jumping off point. So the yeah. jumping off point is probably going to be a video on my channel that, you know, I'll hopefully make a cool looking piece. That'll be one <laughs> of the pieces that we're going to sell through them. Mm -hmm. And that'll announce it to, the I don't want to say the world, but yeah, the people who are paying attention to me, at least, um, not the whole world by any means, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, th so in this instance, it almost is counterintuitive to what's a good business decision, which would be making lines of things, right. but it's kind of a unique opportunity where I think it just needs to be another piece. Cause we already know or have a pretty good idea what two of the pieces are going to be. So then it's just thinking of a third piece and then maybe you know, hopefully if it's successful and as we go on and if we try to like, you know, pitch things to some retail stores, then that's probably where there'd be more opportunity to do a line of things because then you're kind of, I guess, I don't know if you would call it economies of scale, but you're, you're kind of piggybacking on the design work that you've already done. You're not right. reinventing the wheel each time you need to come up with a new piece. Mm -hmm. So what kind of piece are you thinking about? To, what are You don't have to describe the two pieces. One is going to be very much the bad Larry, correct? And then the second one will be what? So the idea right now, again, nothing in stone, is that one will be the bad Larry. Yeah. One will be that first video I did, which is the, the bench. The bench. Um, but it'll, you know, we'll probably market it as a coffee table because I mean, that's really more what it is. And all the people who've built it and, and then like sent me pictures, they all use it as a coffee table. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one right now we're thinking is to do a pretty big piece. That'll be like a kind of like a, no, no, no. Oh, like okay. a, it's a bookshelf storage thing. So it's interesting. It's really had to change the way that I design a lot because of the way that things ship. So oh, yeah. the way that we're planning on ship shipping is basically when you take out the all of the packaging and the padding and everything, it needs to come in at under 150 inches. And the way that they deter determine the inches is the longest span plus two times the next shortest plus two times the shortest if, of the dimensions if you were just picturing wow. it taking up a box. So it's changed the way that... Most of the things that I design are quite a bit bigger than that when you yeah. work especially out all the for, details. Especially for like a bookshelf type thing. Yeah. And so actually what we're going to do is do this one in, is it would potentially go in two boxes and there's a way that I can actually make it bigger than the original design that I have. Wow. So I think it could actually come out looking cooler than, than the design that I had built a few years ago that um, I'm going to kind of reimagine for this, but that's the idea right now. Awesome. 
But I guess with a bookshelf, that's a good opportunity to really be able to break something down and flat pack it compared to yeah. compared to something like the Bad Larry, where the I'm assuming the case needs to come assembled. It, yeah, this is all going to be to- – it'll come totally assembled. Wow. So the okay. bookshelf one would be the only one that would require some assembly. Yeah. And pretty much the way it would work is it would be a whole cabinet that's already assembled, and then there'd be some legs and some shelves that you would have to kind of screw everything together. I'm basically thinking of it as if it's simple enough that my wife could put it together, then it's good. It's yeah. not going to be like Ikea furniture, which – you know, it'll be more simple than Ikea furniture. Yeah. No, it sounds like you're throwing a little shade there at the Dolores. She actually – <laughs> used to work for Ikea doing the installs in people's homes. Oh, well, that's not fair. No, she didn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, so I was going to say, <laughs> if this expert assembler can do it, anyone yeah. can. <laughs> that's my barometer. Right. It's interesting, right? The, uh, so if you take like the sort of the, the, the one-legged idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the – so if you were to take that as a starting point, and let's say you want to develop a series just on that mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, the obvious things are, and this is more aimed at people that are that are stuck um, or are having a time. But so we'll we'll just assume for a second that you like can't figure out what to do next um, and figure out how to sort of like extrapolate ideas off of the of what you already have. It, it might be something where we look at that and we say, okay, here's what you made it. What's interesting, we'll do sort of an inventory of what the project is. Mm-hmm. So we know it's distinct because of the sort of one legged. Uh, support with the wall attachment so it's different from a flo- it's stronger than a floating shelf mm-hmm. um, and uh, but it's more visually distinctive than just a nightstand right so that so it's sort of inventory what makes it what it is why, why re- we remember it and then it's so how do we add different functionality or different scenarios where it could be useful to somebody without compromising the things that are already good about it Right. Mm-hmm. So let's say you wanted to make it. Uh, I mean, I could see it being a entryway table, like a table where you come in, uh, open the front door, and it's kind of right there, and you put your keys in it yep, and right. charge Mail. your phone in it. Right. And I could see it being uh, you actually hide the cords for charging your phone in that leg. So the leg oh, wow. also then has like a secondary function of hiding cables that goes down to the sort of you know twelve or the eight inch height for the 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 plugs that are in the wall. Mm-hmm. Right, so you know that you're adding functionality to it, but you also are, feel safe because you already identified what you don't want to change about it. What are the sort of strong points that are that are memorable about it? But then you have like a 30 inch high version that hides cords, charges phones, and uh, it can, is perfect for sort of putting all the car keys and stuff like that. Then you could say, okay, how do I take? It? You, from, from there, we sort of identified. Oh, we can actually make the leg have a function other than just supporting the system what else could we do with it what if we made like a 60 inch height one where the leg has a hook on it and you can actually hang a bike underneath it and then your helmet sits on top of the the thing and then your lock or other bike accessories go in the drawer yeah or it's like a coat tree like a hall like a rack so i think it's what's uh what's important to me and i think about brainstorming is you don't just want to create chaos even though because i mean hey this is yep. think about what day this Embrace is. Embrace right? it. <laughs> right. And it's also dangerous, I think, with brainstorming with a lot of people because things can just get thrown out and then lost or never properly heard mm-hmm. or sort of, you know, written down or accounted for. And often the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater as people go, oh, we well, could make a really strong one and put three legs to it. Well, then then it's just a normal nightstand. <laughs> right. um, so 
I, I would say one, one of the interesting things in brainstorming is sort of targeting and then storming and throwing out a lot of ideas around the, the things. So in this case, it was focusing on the leg, saying that the one leg is interesting and good, but what else could we do with that one thing? So we're not doing a whole bunch of other ideas for the nightstand. We're targeting the brainstorming to one of the interesting attributes that we want to keep looking for sort of secondary function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because you're taking essentially, I mean, something that was basically a novelty in the original one and then saying, okay, what opportunities does this present? For function. That, right. Yeah. Right. Whereas if we take the bench that you're working on, for example, the brainstorming might all be about how to, it might be more technical, right? It might be, how do we make this more collapsible and foldable to fit your sort of modular requirements without compromising the nice silhouette and the nice joinery that have to be secure, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be, how do we take uh, you know, uh, some of your furniture pieces that want to be sculptural, identify what's the important visual quality that's achieved by the design, and then how do we modularize or make that into pieces without losing the aesthetic that we want? Um, and if you just go to sort of like an engineer or somebody that has no sort of uh, interest in the sort of uh, aesthetics or the sort of lines of the design, mm-hmm. they might, in sort of making the design affordable and accessible, might lose the very nature of the design itself. Right. Um, so that's why the brainstorm, I think, is always better when it's sort of focused on a, in, on a targeted area rather than just this broad, chaotic thing. Uh, let you know, let's build a castle. You know, well, yeah, but no. <laughs> so uh, how do you find that? So I always say. So sorry. how do you find that jumping off point? Because I'm sure that's a lot of people. They're like, okay, you sit down, you say, all right, today I'm going to come up with ideas. I'm going to brainstorm. Where does that Where does that first pen to paper happen? Or like mentally, where does that first like get jumping off point come from. If you, if you sit down and you have some ideas to start yeah. with, I would say start with those ideas. If you get stuck, look at the things you already did and just ask yourself yeah. questions about them. I like them. that. Yeah. So, I think the people that where they have a hard time is when they when they sit down and they have writer's block or design block and no ideas are coming. Okay. Well, go to a piece of work that you did or someone else did and just ask yourself questions about it. What's my favorite thing about it? Why do I like it? How else could it be done? If I change this, would I still like it? How much can I change this thing before I wouldn't like what I already like about it, right? So there's always a place to start. Even if you feel like you have zero ideas, you're exhausted, you can always just stare at something and just start asking yourself questions about it until you get to the point where you're like, oh, (laughs) here's what I dislike about it and here's what I like about it and this is where I should focus creating ideas, either doubling down on a strength or sort of eliminating annoyances in the in the design. Yeah, that's cool. And I guess it technically doesn't even have to be improving on your own idea. You could take inspiration from something else and, and build on it too, whether it's something you see online right. or something you see out, out and about. And, and here, here's a brainstorming session that we did in the past that we didn't really call that is like when I sent you guys each a piece of leather, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, th- that was sort of a uh, sort of, idea creation that wouldn't otherwise happen simply by adding a new material into the mix. Exactly. Right? And it was productive because uh, it, it different ideas developed. I developed some leather ideas that I hadn't done before. Uh, I learned from from Chris like how to sort of laminate in those sort of nylon straps to add strength to things. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Uh, that was a really cool so idea. Mike did, a, did that chair that was much sort of cleaner and sleeker looking than like uh, than I think a lot like uh, – 
than a lot of the other stuff you'd done, which was more sort of like heavier lumber, more construction yeah. lumber. Mm-hmm. It was um, a little bit more of a, a skinny people furniture like Chris would make. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So so that that's a, that's a great way, right? If you find that your woodworking suffering, go pick up some copper pipe. Go take a welding class. Go get a, a, a sheet of leather. Um, add something new into the mix and then just force yourself to sort of design something uh, from it. Another thing could be a new tool, right? Maybe you still want to stick to sort of just working with two by fours and plywood. Well, then try to make something using primarily a jigsaw. Try to mix some sort of curves into it. Uh, play around with a router, you know. Um, uh, so just adding something new into the, the mix is a great way to initiate ideas that can then be the building blocks for a brainstorming session that's really productive. Right. And actually, so yeah, there's adding new materials adding new tools. And then there's also adding limiting factors. So saying, okay, here's like a challenge that I have to overcome. Yeah. So there's a couple of them that I can think of actually. So to go back to that bookshelf, and I think it'll probably help if people have a visual reference to see what I'm talking about. So I'll post on our Instagram, but, um, yeah, so basically I'll, I'll post it on our Instagram or you can just Google search four eyes menal. So it's M E A N O L E and it should come up. Um, so basically it's a picture, a big bookshelf with a cabinet on the bottom, two really tall legs, and then three horizontal shelves floating above or, you know, spanning the legs above the cabinet portion. So initially the idea was that I, or the, the part that really changed my thinking was how am I going to put this in two boxes that are this size and still make it look like one piece? So like, you know, the most obvious solution that I came up with was make the lower portion and then make the upper portion and try to camouflage the legs together. And then there's going to be this weird little split where the legs meet. And it's, I honestly, it was just kind of like a compromise. Like it just looked like a worse version of what the original idea was. So didn't really like it. And then I started thinking, okay, well, if I have to have it as two separate pieces where it's a bottom piece and a top piece, how can I use that as like a design opportunity that I wouldn't normally do? So one of the ideas that I had was to make it where the top piece, the shelves portion of it is just sitting on top of it, but how, but maybe like somehow blend the bottom part and the top part into one. So I started thinking about, I, I really like car design a lot. And one of my favorite aspects of car design is flared fenders. So oh, if you were okay. to look at like a, like a Porsche turbo from the nineties from mm. the back has huge flared fenders. It just looks like real aggressive and fast while it's standing still and tough and everything. But I don't know how well that translates into furniture, but that's always a shape that I've really liked. So I thought, well, what if the bottom was quite a bit wider than the top? So it kind of came up and had almost like a flare to it where then it would come in and get skinnier at the top, not like a taper all the way up, but you know, it's going straight and then it kind of flares in or yeah, comes in from a flare out and then gets skinnier and goes straight up again at the top. So I, I did a couple drawings like that and I didn't, I wasn't sold on anything, but um, there were a couple that I thought were really cool and could definitely give me some ideas for different pieces that I might do moving forward. It's just like another something that I have to draw on in the future. And then another one that I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but remember I was talking about the chairs that I want to do where they would be viewed predominantly from the back for the dining table. So that's, again, another kind of limiting factor that can make you, your, your initial approach to it is 
basically a 180 from how you would normally approach it. Yeah. So I've got an interesting uh, kind of challenge or limiting factor. And I think this is something, Ben, you've probably encountered is I wanted to make a pair or a set of pantry shelves made out of copper pipe with marble tile for this shelf. So essentially getting a 12 inch by 24 inch marble, like Carrera marble tile. And that's Mm -hmm. the, the base dimensions for each of the shelves, make it four shelves high. And the interesting thing about working with copper pipe is, at least at Home Depot, I have yet to check online because that's something that could change things, is there's not four-way connectors. Everything is a T-joint. Mm. And yep. so my original design was something pretty basic. You know, you you build the, the shelves square, then you get a four-way connector to basically connect legs between them, and it just builds itself up. But come to find out, that doesn't exist or at least doesn't exist where I was looking. So that made it to where now I have a very specific challenge of how do I take this design that was very simple, very straightforward, and how can I adapt that now to fit the material challenge or the material requirement that has sprung up? Um, So you guys have any ideas? Yeah. So let's reframe that question, right? So we know here's the hypothesis that you're working with is that you know that copper and marble look good together and you know they're both accessible materials that can be got from home depot so you think that it's worthwhile to sort of develop a project from them Um, so you sketch out sort of a design that seems to make sense at first glance and then you realize it requires a four-way connection connector which doesn't really exist in an accessible yep. way and if it even if it did exist as a specialty piece it would then compromise the initial thrust of the design which was to do it out of things that were accessible and available at home yeah. depot right so even if they made a special sort of ten dollar four-way connector at at mcmaster's it would undermine the original idea for why you want to create this project exactly. in the first place so what your options are is to either add a material that allows you to make a two-way connector to turn pipes into a, a four-way connector. It might be that you use a half-inch pipe and one-inch pipe or, or half-inch pipe and three-quarter-inch pipe and drill a hole through the three-quarter-inch pipes as the verticals and slide them yeah. through. That's a way. It might be that you create a small block of wood that's like a nice little detail. Maybe cut it into like a uh, cut like a square block of wood, and then use it as sort of like a diamond connector where you drill holes that the <laughs> the copper pipes go into on the corner edges. Oh wow! Right? Yes. So wherever the copper pipes, there's this beautiful little like a little piece of maple or, or something like that could be really interesting, right? So you could say, or you could say, it just means I have to have a more complex design where the horizontals and the verticals bypass each other. So maybe the horizontals are inset. So from the outside, the verticals read more dominant because they're not actually touching the horizontal pieces, and I'm doing it all with T-connectors and elbows. So let's say you did it that way, where you used all T-connectors and elbows and the verticals and horizontals are separate. That might give you more of an art deco technique uh, or more of a, that kind of aesthetic where the verticals are, are, are all in sort of plane. It kind of looks something out of Great Gatsby. Yeah. Similar to like the, the, the wine bar I did because I ran into the same problem of, of not uh, having the four-way yeah, connection. I was going to ask if that was a problem you had in any of your projects. Yeah. Right. So in that case, I sort of addressed it by saying, well, I'm going to have a lot of, of, of a striped sort of vertical aesthetic to the piece to get around that. Uh, another way to do that would be, again, like I said, adding the wood sort of connector pieces, right? 
Um, so then you're you're identifying, you're solving the problem by saying the solution will be an a- added sort of functional but also decorative element. And then the question is, how do I make that for my custom made four way connector still accessible and affordable, but out of material that then adds a third piece to the palette that looks pretty great. Um, and then the simplest way would be to sort of use two different types of pipes and then sort of drill holes through the side. Then it'll be a problem of how do I create a nice jig so I get nice, consistent, clean holes through sort of a round piece of copper pipe that's a little bit slippery to yeah. a drill bit. I'm looking at your uh, your wine rack, and that's really smart. That was, for whatever reason, I don't know, I looked at all of your other copper pipe stuff, but I don't know why I didn't see this one. But I had an idea that was really similar in, in that you're... you're you're connecting each shelf with a T, but you're bypassing the center. So instead of a four-way connector, you're using that three-way. Um, right. But that's interesting. It's really hard to explain over it, audio, but yeah, that is smart. It also might be something where you know you use some nice cleaned-up, milled-down white wood, you know, two by fours, cleaned them up, you know, run them through the table saw, so you have nice square yep. ends, and then those are like the the verticals that are horizontals, and the copper goes through them because. Mm-hmm. That really light colored wood with like a like a white yeah. bond poly finish, nothing acrylic could be too thick and kind of make it a little too greenish. Like a whitewashed wood with the copper and then the marble on top could be that pretty could pair hot. really well. Yeah, and that was the other. Or even even your big dowels, you could use your big dowels. Yeah. Again. <laughs> so cheap. That was the that was one of the challenges. The the last challenge in the project that I was kind of thinking about is I've got a the tile is twelve inches by twenty four, so that's a two foot span over over each shelf. I'm assuming I need some support there. I don't know how strong these tiles are, but there needs to be at least a little bit of support in the middle as well. And ha- and uh, you can take a. You can take a quarter That's inch plywood was... or even eighth inch plywood and construction adhesive. That's exactly construction adhesive. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was exactly the idea. Is basically make it to where the the tile sits on top of the frame, and then the plywood sets inset of is inset on the copper pipe frame to where that's doing two things. One is construction adhesive to the tile, so that's giving it thickness and strength and rigidity. But it's also making it to where in any direction there's a positive stop because mm-hmm. the because the plywood is inset if you try and push the tile one way or the other it's the the plywood is bumping the inside of the copper pipe in any direction um so yeah that could be that could be the solution to that problem as well but yeah again sort of i mean i i find that when i'm sort of stuck i'll just uh you know i'll, I'll hang out with uh, jamie or my sister and we'll just sort of say Here's what I want to mm-hmm. do. Here's what's getting in the way. And I find when you say those sort of things out loud and sort of break them down into the specifics, it, you, you're normally able to work through not just one solution, but a series of solutions. Whereas when you just sort of focus on, oh, I don't like this about this. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not right. It just doesn't yeah. look right. It's, it's the difference between sort of identifying opportunity versus just sort of whining about you know the current state right of your design. It's, it's finding the problem and then solution rather than just looking at the project as a whole as a as a flop yes cool cool well if you if any of you want to come brainstorm with us uh be sure to check out workbench con which is uh coming up actually not that not no. that far away it's coming up in february up. uh all three of us will be there 
Um, there's plenty of sort of a, a breakout sessions and time to work with us. So if you feel that your woodworking uh, endeavors or your making endeavors have hit sort of a creative uh, sort of snag or bump in the road, um, we'll all be available for uh, sort of hanging out. And not just us, also people like Jimmy DeResta, Bob Claggett from I Like to Make Stuff, and many, many other sort of awesome makers. It's basically like the it, it's basically the, the conference uh, for right. makers is, I think, what the tagline should be. Regardless. So <laughs> if you want to learn more about that, it's there's a link on our Instagram. We might be changing that with something else, but just Google around, check out WorkbenchCon, and use the promo code modern to sort of get re- make, to make sure that you reserve a space to hang out with us and uh, brainstorm. Right, your and I want to say but, really quickly, it's either the tenth or the eleventh of November. I think that early bird ticket pricing ends, and that prices yeah. go up a little bit. So if you are seriously interested in coming, uh, it's it's either Friday, Saturday this week that the podcast is airing that that price goes up. So jump on it, save some money if you can. And if you're going to come talk to me about a design, bring a picture because I don't know what it meant. I have so much trouble visualizing <laughs> things when I hear them it, audibly. Like I, I need a picture. It's hard to, de- it's hard to describe things some, sometimes, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, also if you guys have a cool idea on, on a launching point for us to do a serious brainstorming episode, uh, whether it, like I said, whether it's like, I want to see, I want to, I want your guys' idea for a wardrobe made only out of plywood or I want an idea for a coffee table that uses galvanized pipe, whatever, whatever your jumping off point is, hit us up on Instagram because maybe we'll do a more dedicated brainstorming episode where it's a little bit less around the theory behind it or the, the actual like the ideas behind it, but actually get into the nitty gritty of coming up with some, some, some actual practical ideas, brainstorming, some practical brainstorming. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe we'll do that in a couple weeks. Uh, once we have a on, good suggestion yeah I was about to say once we get a really cool idea for a, for a topic I think that's the right time to do it cool should we hop into what we're obsessed with let's do it are you obsessed with something Chris yeah I got a couple things but have have we ever talked about the YouTube channel Modustrial Maker Modustrial Maker he was in our two two by four challenge he made the uh, it was like a LED chandelier thing. Yeah, he's right. really good. Yeah, that guy, man, he's been impressing me so much with the projects he's been putting out. He only has a couple videos. His name's Mike Clifford. So if you haven't checked out his channel, go check it out. He actually reminds me pretty he, similar to Ben. He's most similar to Ben, I would say, of anybody else that I see on YouTube. But really creative ideas, uses lots of materials, uses lots of concrete, actually. Uh, he just put out a video where he made... A, like a brass and concrete wall hanging thing um, that's got some really cool patterns and textures. And he's got a like pretty much every project he's put up is pretty awesome. So definitely go check him out if you haven't seen him yet. He's doing really good stuff. Segwaying from that, it's interesting. My pick for the week was also someone that participated to ugh, participated in the two two by four challenge. Cats got a lot, time. man. Today I've been struggling. Uh, it, his name is Kevin LaRouche. Kevin LaRouche. I don't remember exactly, but he made the bobby pin shaped coffee table mm-hmm. for the challenge. Oh, I love that. that and was awesome. so after I saw that, I immediately subscribed and I've been keeping up with what he's been doing. And a week, two weeks ago, I don't know, it's been a little bit, he put out a copper pipe shoe rack where the, the racks themselves or the shelves are actually made out of shoe strings. So he made a, a hmm. frame out of copper pipe and then wrapped shoestrings in a similar way to kind of like how I use the paracord for the stool where he was yeah. able to basically wrap it really, really tight to where it had a, g- a good amount of rigidity and used shoelaces to make a shoe rack. I thought that was cool. So I, I got a few. 
So the first one is a movie and a soundtrack. So have you guys seen that movie Atomic Blonde? No, but I've, I've seen not. trailers for it. It looked pretty cool. It was like I, I liked it visually, uh, and the music was this sort of like kind of like '80s sort of like kind of Euro yeah. pop kind of stuff that isn't normally like right up my alley, um, but it was so well like you know scored to the movie mm-hmm. and it was it, it, the whole thing felt like a just a really amazing really well done music video um and yeah it it, it just felt like it, it, i i i liked it a lot i thought it was really creative and really well executed um and i liked it so much i actually bought the the whole soundtrack <laughs> and it's been my as i've been driving up and down the coast it's been my uh my sort of uh my jam soundtrack um, to your life the other th- yeah, so check that out. It's uh, Atomic Blonde, and uh, yeah, and let me know what you think. It's it was pretty cool. Um, the other thing is, uh, I in, in looking at different sites for the tiny house, I went and visited one of my friends that has a big ranch up in uh, kind of the San Luis Obispo area, which is kind of like central. It's between Santa Barbara and San Francisco. What kind of climate is that? Uh. It's warm. I mean, it'll get down into like the 40s in the winter, but most of the time, it's probably average temperature like 65, oh, 75. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like wine country. They they have cows. So one, I got to see like two month old baby cows, <laughs> which are adorable. Um, and he has a whole bunch of the of the old sort of original Humvees, mm, like the like military an H1. jeeps. Yeah, like, well, no, 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 not like no, the no, stupid, no, you, like, no, that's what I'm talking ones. about. Not like an H2 or anything, yeah, like yeah. A, an OG. No, 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 yeah, like the the original Humvees. Like military, yeah. And he, you know, no doors on them. I posted some some stuff on Instagram about them, uh, which will probably be uh, gone now. But they they were awesome. I mean, you can go up such a steep hill from them, and you apparently he gets them for like relatively cheap. So I'm kind of thinking. Uh, Mike, that might be an interesting thing if you don't do the school bus. Is we could just get an old Humvee and weld a bunch Let's of shit it. onto it, and then like <laughs> drag any sort of trailer around yeah. to it. Um, but I think you can get them for like under under ten k, and they're just they're so badass looking. So I was kind of thinking, like I've always sort of been thinking, you know, I want to get like a like an old uh, Defender or a yeah. Land Cruiser or an old uh, sort of a, a Ford Bronco or something. But now I'm thinking I might get well, an just, old Hummer. Whenever you build the tiny house, I'll just come out with my Hummer and, and we'll just both work on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, that would be a lot of fun. I don't know how, how uh, efficient a road trip in a Hummer is, though, at like five miles a gallon. <laughs> yeah, I think they're, they they're diesel and they use a lot of fuel. So I think I'd try vegetable. to see if I could do like a biodiesel yeah, conversion. Yeah, get it on vegetable oil or something. Um, or yeah, yeah. But they're and they're really wide. So if you built like a sleeper like camper yeah. on the back, you could probably sleep like across the width. You could probably of the do like some sort of that, some sort of pop up even too. Kind of like how those old yeah. school like camper buses used to have in like the seventies and stuff. That could be really neat. Brainstorming. Brainstorming. Yeah. <laughs> Live. Awesome. Well, if you guys enjoyed this episode, give us a uh, five-star review on your podcasting app. We would really appreciate it, like you can, like I always say. Basically, it just lets the podcast app know that we're a podcast that they should suggest to other people and that we are good, and hopefully we are good. If you're not following us on Instagram, that is at Modern Maker Podcast, at Four Eyes Furniture for Chris, at Benjamin Ueda for Ben, and at Modern Builds for me, Mike. If you guys want to keep up with us even beyond that, You can go to the website, modernmakerpodcast.com forward slash survey. 
let us know what you think pod or what what you think would make patreon worth it to you guys whether that's just you're interested in supporting or if you have something that you think would be worth it in return we'd love to hear all of that so thank you guys very much and until next week this has been the modern maker podcast bye everybody see ya (laughs) later